Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn your attention to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 7. 1 Kings... First Kings chapter number seven, verse 23. He also made the large bronze basin called the sea. It measured 15 feet from rim to rim, was circular in shape, and stood seven and a half feet high. Its circumference was 45 feet. Under the rim, all the way around it, was round ornaments arranged in settings 15 feet long. The ornaments were in two rows and had been cast with the sea. The sea stood on top of 12 bulls, three faced northward, northward, three westward, three southward, and three eastward. The sea was placed on top of them, and they all faced outward. It was four fingers thick, and its rim was like that, of a cup shaped like a lily blossom. It could hold about 12,000 gallons. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. God, I pray for divine intervention today as always, God. The anointing that breaks every yoke and sets the captives free, breaks the chains and gives enlightenment to our lives, Lord, in our heart. God, bless and move today. By the grace of God, we appreciate everything you do for us. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach on the subject, the sea. The sea. Amen. Now this is talking about Solomon when it was his time. David, his father, wanted to build the temple. Because up until this time, they still had the tabernacle from the wilderness way back as their house of worship still in the tent structure and so forth and and david wanted to build god a house and get him in a beautiful house but but god said no i want your son solomon to build it and solomon built the house of god and it was very similar to the tabernacle as far as the things that were in it and what it was the purpose for amen but it was much more elaborate if they say that we would recreate it in today's money, it would take billions of dollars to make Solomon's temple. It was the greatest temple that Israel ever had. And one of the components of the temple, which was in the outer court before you got into the holy place, was called the sea. In, in the tabernacle, it was called the laver. But Solomon wanted to, he did nothing uh, you know, skimpy or anything. He did everything elaborate. And so he made the, the labor look like, like this. It was a huge basin sitting on four, uh, 12 bowls, amen, three on each side, and they were all facing uh, outward, amen. And uh, it was a, a, a powerful sight, full of water, always full of water. It was a place of washing. It was a place of cleansing, amen. The priests were required to wash in that sea 
before they could go into the holy place and minister before the showbread and the altar of incense and the, 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 the candlestick and what they did in there. They had to wash before they could, they could not skip that step. Amen. So that sea was very important part of the, uh, the, the processes of the things of God in those times in Old Testament times. Micah 7.19 said, He will turn again and He will have compassion upon us and He will subdue our iniquities and Thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Amen. There's something about the sea that I want to get across today, amen, and with regard amen, to our sins and to our, the, the furtherance of our lives for God, amen. He puts our iniquity, He subdues our iniquities, and He puts all of our sins in the depths of the sea. And when we ask God to forgive us, He puts our sins in that sea, amen. They're not just thrown here or there, they're thrown in the depths of the sea, amen. That sea had 12,000 gallons, but we're talking about a greater sea. We're talking about a metaphorical sea of something of greater proportions. That is where our sins belong, folks. They don't belong under the rug. They don't belong over here or over there. We cannot allow them to be put anywhere else. We cannot ignore our sins. We cannot excuse our sins. We cannot justify our sins. We cannot try to hide them someplace else. The only place they're properly hidden and the only place they're properly kept is in the depths of the sea where God wants them to be. Amen. The sea is a place of death and burial. It's where our sins go to die and are buried forever. Amen. Never to be brought up again. Never to be held against us again. In fact, He will never remember them again. He puts them in that sea and He forgets about them. Amen. The devil doesn't forget. Other people don't forget. I don't even forget. And because of that, sometimes those things still bother me. But as long as the one that matters forgets, amen, whose name is Jesus, I don't have to worry about him anymore. I don't have to let him condemn me anymore. I don't have to let him bring me down anymore. Amen. Psalms 103 verse 12 said, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah 43, amen. Isaiah 43, 25 says that I, even I, am he that brought out the transgressions. And for my own sake, and I will not, I will not remember thy sins. Amen. I like that. God has purposeful amnesia when it comes to sins. Hallelujah. He on purpose forgets them. The devil's the one that says, oh, don't you remember what you did last week? Last month? Amen. You don't, shouldn't be coming to church. You shouldn't be stepping out for God. You shouldn't be feeling good about yourself. Amen. God has said, I don't remember him. Don't you listen to that devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. Amen. He doesn't have no, no say over your life. God has all the say. And if you put the sins where God told you to put them, that's all you need to do. Hebrews 8, 12 said, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The sea is a place of cleansing. The sea is a place of washing. The sea is a place of burial. 
1 Corinthians 10 verse 1 said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers, talking about the Old Testament people and especially the exodus of Egypt, all of our fathers were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea and were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Did you know Did you know when you read the story in Exodus when they went across the Red Sea, they didn't say anything about baptism. It didn't say anything that the cloud baptized them or the sea baptized them. But, but, but Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that that's what God really did for them. Amen. They came out of 400 years of bondage. Egypt was a type of the world. And they left the world. And before they got over the promised land, yeah, they had to go through the wilderness. But before that, they had to get baptized. Jesus, before he went to the wilderness and was tempted by the devil, he got baptized. Amen. And they got baptized in the sea and in the cloud and there's a spirit and water and spirit baptism right there amen they got baptized amen, amen. that sea they crossed was the Red Sea we all know that I find it very interesting that the name of the sea they crossed and it says they were baptized in was called the Red Sea amen that's very significant you see the Red Sea had a unique type of algae, still does. That when the algae dies off, the little the algae, believe it or not, algae has little blossoms. They may be small, but when they when they come out and when they start dying off, they turn the water a reddish color. Amen. Amen. And that's why that sea is called the Red Sea. And that begs the question this morning. What gives the sea its sin-forgiving power? Amen. It's not the ordinary water. Hallelujah. It's not algae turning red. Praise God. It's got to be something else that's red. Amen. That came from the veins of the one that God became. His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who became the form of a man. And he suffered and died and shed his blood. And his blood is really what's in the sea. the sins. It's the blood that forgives the sins. And the blood's in the sea. Hebrews 9.22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood is no remission, is no forgiveness. Amen. You know, many years ago, when I was just like a, a young Christian, you know, young Christians, they just go... And we shouldn't, us older Christians shouldn't lose this. But, you know, that new convert zeal when, you know, you got a little, you got maybe not as much brains, but you have a lot more boldness. Amen. And you just go up and talk to people about God and you just like tell them, amen. And I remember I was working one day and my job was fixing video and pinball machines back in the early 80s when it was Pac-Man was all big and stuff. And I used to repair those machines. And I had a route where I'd go to bowling alleys and skate rinks and different places, amen, to repair these. And in one of the places, one of those employees were there. I was just chatting with him. We got on the subject of God. We got on the subject of, of forgiveness. We got on the subject of remission, amen, and, and uh, you know, about being, you know, how to be saved and all that stuff, and, you know, we were at odds a little bit, and we were having a nice, uh, a nice little spirited uh, debate, 
and uh, I just finally asked him the question because we were talking about the blood. He goes, yeah, it's the blood that washes away the sins. I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, we agreed on that. And it's the blood, but we just didn't agree like, what happened and where the blood came from and all that stuff. And finally, I just asked him, I said, hey, amen, where is the blood applied in our lives? And he just goes, like, stop dead in his tracks. Like, no one's ever asked me that before. Yeah. Nice question, eh? <laughs> Amen. He goes, that's interesting. I've never thought of it like that. I go, yeah, we agree. It's the blood that washes away the sins. It's the blood that covers. It's the blood that forgives. Where's the blood applied in our lives? Hmm. Amen. The blood is applied in the water. Come on now. The blood's applied in the water. Praise God. Praise God. You can ask God to forgive you, but you better get in the water. Amen. Amen. It's a one-two punch. Repent and be baptized. Amen. You've got to get in the water. Praise the Lord. Remember I talked about that sea? Well, that was Solomon's version of the labor. And it, the labor was a much more, you know, simpler version, but it still was a, a beautiful thing. It was made out of brass. Amen. That labor... Praise God in the Old Testament. You know, it, it was uh, filled with water. didn't hold 12,000 gallons of water, but it was filled with water. Amen. And, and it was the second thing you came to because there was a big outer court curtain. And when you went through the door, amen, only the priest could be in there. And you gave the priest your sacrifice for your sin. And that brazen altar was the first thing that happened. And the animal was killed there. And the blood was shed. And so these priests had blood all over them. And so before they could go into the, the, into the holy place, they had to go to the next thing before the door of the holy place was that labor. Amen. And they would wash the blood off in the water so the blood was mixed with the water amen praise God so the blood in the Old Testament was applied in the water praise God blood happened at death but it was applied in the water amen and blood happens amen at repentance but it's applied in the baptism praise God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus John chapter 19, verse 34. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. Jesus was dead on the cross, and the soldiers wanted to make sure before they took anybody down that they were dead. And so he took a, a spear and put, poked it in his side. And isn't that interesting? Is it totally coincidental? Why would the Bible use this phraseology? Amen. Out of that side came blood and water because the water is mixed with the blood. Amen. It's, it's important to know that. Praise God. And then John tells us unequivocally in John chapter 5, verse number 6. This is he, talking about Jesus, that came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it's the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is true. And verse number 8 says, And there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit and the water and the blood and these three agree in one. Not by water only, but by water and blood. There's your new birth right there. The spirit and the water and the blood. They agree as 
one. That's your born again of water and spirit. Amen. It's the blood of Jesus that brings remission. And the word remission is the same word forgiveness. You look in the, in the Greek, amen, the word remission, and you look at the Greek word for remission. In the word forgiveness, you look at the Greek word for forgiveness. They're both the identical same word. Remission is forgiveness, and forgiveness is remission. Amen. So where is the blood applied? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know that Matthew 26, 28 said, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. For what? For the remission of sins. Colossians 1.14 In whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. Saying the same thing. The blood remits, the blood forgives and the blood's applied in the water. So don't tell me baptism is just a side thing. Baptism is just ceremonial. Baptism is just a sacrament. Oh no. Amen. The blood is applied in the water. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he said, I will put your sins in the bottom of the sea. Amen. And every baptismal, whether it's in a swimming pool, a baptismal pool, a bathtub, a river, a water, a lake, an ocean. Amen. When you get in there and you say something over that person, the blood comes and the blood mixes with the water and it becomes a sea. And the sins are thrown in the depths of that sea. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. There's so many songs about the blood. Some, some organizations, because they're trying to be modern, and hey, we don't want to be singing about the blood. It's just so gross. And, and, you know, and all that stuff, but the blood's never gross to the people of God. Amen. It's our life. Praise God. It's our forgiveness. Amen. There's power in the blood. Thank God for the blood. Are you washed in the blood? Songs like that are beautiful. Amen. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, the blood. Amen. Praise God. Or oh, how about that one we sing a lot lately around here? The blood will never lose its power because it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley because there's plenty of it. It's full. It's a sea of blood. And that old song, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. That's a sea of blood. That's not a sprinkling or a trickling. Amen. That's a lot of blood. Praise God. So if the blood's applied in the water and remission of sins comes through His blood, what activates His blood to remit or forgive and wash away our sins when we get in the water? I'm so glad you guys asked. You guys asked great questions this morning. Acts 2.38 Then Peter said unto them, Repent! And be baptized, every one of you, for what? For the fun of it. No, for what? For the remission. For what? For the forgiveness of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How does the blood come? The blood is activated, activated by the name of Jesus. I baptize you in the name of Jesus. In that ordinary water, it has some blood that goes in it. Life-giving, sin-forgiving, amen. Blood comes in that water. 
Hallelujah. I'm talking about the sea. Amen. Have we all put our blood, all our sins in the sea? Acts 22, 16. And now what are you waiting for? Get up. Be baptized. And have your sins washed away. Call it on His name. What are you waiting for? Amen. I know I'm looking at a lot of people that's already got your sins in the sea. And I'm thankful. But maybe there's somebody here that hasn't got it yet. Amen. I just happen to conveniently have the sea ready back here. Just by coincidence, it just opened up and filled itself up. And it's ready to go. If anybody wants to put your sins in the sea this morning, before you leave this place, amen. The name of Jesus activates his blood in the watery grave of baptism and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should, should walk in newness yes. of life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Obviously the first step is to ask God to forgive you for your sins. To acknowledge that there's a God in heaven and that he died for our sins and that we ask him to forgive us. That's the first step. But that's not putting them in the sea yet because repentance and baptism, amen, go hand in hand. It should be a combination. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because the, the, the water is in the sea and the blood is mixed in the water. It is applied to the water. And the name brings the blood to the water. Amen. Where the sins go to never be remembered again. To be put in the depths of that sea. Amen. I don't know how many. I, 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 this thing doesn't hold 12,000 gallons. No way. Amen. But there's a lot of stuff in the bottom of that sea. That baby's been putting sins down there for decades. Praise God. This church has been here since the 40s, the late 40s, early 50s. And people have been going down in that watery grave with the blood applied in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's down there. I look down there, it looks like an empty floor to me. But somehow, just as spiritually as the blood comes, so spiritually the sins go. And I know they're gone because I've heard many people when they come out of that water, I feel clean. Thank you, Jesus. I feel right. I feel fresh. I feel new. And that's what's supposed to happen. Amen. Praise God. So th this altar call is, you, you can stand if you'd like. This altar call is, amen, to just make an appeal that if there's somebody that hasn't put your sins in the sea yet, I'd like to invite you. What are you waiting for? Like Paul said in Acts 22:16, Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. It would be my privilege and honor to put, help, help you with the help of the name of Jesus and the wonderful blood of Jesus to put those sins in the depths of the sea. 
What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.